Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. Hi, this is uh, Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. Hey guys, this is Cam York from Team USA. Hello, this is Tim Stutzler. Hi, my name is Noel Gunnler. I'm Alexander Holtz of the Team Sweden. Hey, I'm Dylan Cousins. Hey, it's Phil Tomasino. Hi, this is Devin Levi. Major Junior. Looks back to the point, turns, fires, scores! What a shot! First OHO goal for Shane Wright. Right circle, shot, scores! Connor Bedard has arrived here at the Brad Center, is first in the Western Hockey League. NCAA. Save! Watch out! Watch out! UMass are national champions! The NHL Draft. I am Slash and Kosa. This is Don Gunther of the Emmett Snow Kings. This is Luna McLoom from UGarn here. Hi, I'm Brent Clark. Hi, uh, this is Matt Coronado from the Chicago Steel. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Moosehead. Hey, it's Paul Stones with a two-fall stampede. This is Fabian LaSalle. I play for Lulio. Hey, it's Corson Kuhlman from Brooks Bandit. Hi, this is Chaz Lucius. This is Logan Sandkoven. I play for the Camels Blazers. It's just Wolfis from uh, Lulio Hockey. And more. Bring it! This is the Pipeline Show. Trade deadline has come and gone in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the Ontario Hockey League. The WHL's trade deadline is on Monday. Lots of movement already around the CHL. An Ottawa Senator has landed in the capital city to play for the 67s. The 2022 midterm rankings from NHL Central Scouting are out. And a high-profile netminder leaves the NCAA for the NHL. Welcome to the Pipeline Show, everybody. It's a great pleasure to get a chance to speak with you today. My name is Guy Flaming. The Pipeline Show is brought to you by our title sponsor. That is Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky, and it's time to get your jerky on. Wilhock takes orders of any size, two locations, Leduc or Spruce Grove, Alberta. You can go to their website to get their contact information. It's wilhockbeefjerky.com. Any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada, they will ship it to you. Vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery. When you open up the bag that it comes in, and uh, you'll hear like the vacuum seal open and release the smell. Oh, it's so good. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. WilhockBeefJerky.com. You'll thank me for it. Let's get right to the news and notes as I have a full show with four guests coming up for you. So we'll get right to that. But uh, first, we got to get through the news and notes because uh, finally, there's lots going on. There's so many stoppages and postponements across the Canadian Hockey League and, and other leagues are dealing with it as well. Not not quite as significantly in the States, though, which is interesting. Although the NHL and the American Hockey League, lots of games being postponed at those levels. The NCAA is having to shuffle stuff around. But I don't see the uh, North American Hockey League and the USHL having to do quite as much shuffling of the deck chairs that we're seeing in the Canadian Hockey League. Well, coming into this weekend's play, the queue still hasn't started up. Uh, they've shut down officially. I think the first game is scheduled for the 19th. But I got a guest on today who, in our next, uh, in the first guest segment, that will go through. Well, is it going to happen or not? Uh, so some uncertainty still with the queue when it's going to start up. The Ontario Hockey League hasn't stopped, but they are postponing games and uh, suspending off the operation for some teams. I think if you looked at the OHL's website, now probably two-thirds of the games that are scheduled are being played, and the rest are being postponed. And Now there's questions about 
can they possibly get in a 68-game schedule uh, without having to push the season back or condensing it so much that the teams might start be playing four games in a week? You don't want to see that. So we'll see what the OHL decides to do. In the WHL, well, everybody's kind of been shut down here for the most part. There's been one or two games, three games in a week. But now officially, everybody is cleared to play and back in action uh, starting this weekend. All 22 teams will hit the ice again, including the Edmonton Oil Kings. A game that was scheduled for Saturday night is now Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock start because the Edmonton Oilers game, which is against the Ottawa Senators, it was supposed to be a week ago, that got canceled. And now that's being played on Saturday night. So the Oilers take precedence in this town. Of course, it's their building and all that. Uh, so the big par- the parent club gets the uh, the evening slot. The Oil Kings move down to 2 o'clock uh, as they take on the Brandon Wheat Kings. Let's start with the midterm rankings by NHL Central Scouting. The number one pick, uh, the number one prospect, no surprise, Shane Wright is still holding down that number one spot. Logan Cooley from the U.S. National Development Team is two. Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky are uh, three and four, respectively, from the Winnipeg Ice. And uh, Pavel Mintikov uh, of the Saginaw Spirit comes in at number five. Now, that's just in North America. Central Scouting still breaks it up. The skaters are apart from the goaltenders, and North America is separate from Europe. But you, it's an interesting breakdown. They're top 32 in uh, North America. I believe the OHL leads the way with 10 skaters uh, who have been named. Uh, the U.S. National Development Program is next with nine. Then I think it's the Western Hockey League with uh, six players in the top 32. Uh, the Q has three. And then you've got a, a single player from the Alberta Junior Hockey League, uh, Jack Hughes from the uh, Northeastern uh, Huskies in the NCAA. Uh, who are the other singles here? High schooler Sam Renzel from uh, Chaska High in Minnesota. And uh, just one USHL player, and Adam Ingram uh, from the Youngstown Phantoms, who comes in at number 14. So a good showing again for the Canadian Hockey League and uh, the National Development Program. What we're getting used to. I mean, they got nine guys potentially going in the first round, uh, at least uh, by NHL Central Scouting, and that's just the North Americans. So you squish a bunch of the Euros in, probably 10 Euros on average probably, uh, and that pushes maybe two or three of those a national development uh, player guys down into the second round. But that's shaping up to be a, a pretty decent draft this year. The last time we had a CHL top 10 ranking, it was right before Christmas, December 22nd. But with everybody back now, except for the queue, nothing's really changed, though, over the last little bit. So a reminder, the uh, top 10 went like this. Winnipeg, Edmonton, Kingston, Charlottetown, Everett is five. Quebec, Kamloops, Sherbrooke, Mississauga, and Guelph round out the top 10. Well, there's been some movement, in the, especially in the Ontario Hockey League, as the trade deadline has uh, come and gone. Chase Stillman, the last player moved. He went from Sudbury to uh, Peterborough for Alex Farrand and uh, five draft picks. Some of the other big names that uh, went, well, Jack Thompson, the defenseman who was having such a great year in Sudbury, uh, he gets sent to the Sioux Greyhounds for a couple of players and a high pick. Mason McTavish, on his way from Peterborough to Hamilton for two players and six picks, one of them a conditional way down in uh, 2025. And then some of the uh, picks that we talked about last week, like Oscar Olison and Nick Porco going uh, from uh, leaving the Barry Colts, Oscar Olison going to Oshawa. Uh, but those were the uh, other big trades that we've seen in the uh, the la- right before the deadline. 
Good size deal in the WHL here this week, as well as the Calgary Hitman. A little bit surprised by this. Jackson Vandalist is uh, sent to the Red Deer Rebels. So an interdivision trade between two rivals and a Vandalist. He's a good player, big player. Lots of size here for the Red Deer Rebels and a veteran uh, for their blue line. And uh, in exchange, the Calgary Hitman, uh, they get a, a good pick, a second round pick in 2022. Uh, Trey Patterson and Blake Stevenson. So I don't mind that return at all for Calgary. Uh, but it is a big veteran player going to the blue line for the Red Deer Rebels. The Oil Kings uh, had a lot of bodies around, and they uh, they picked up Chase Friedmore from the Spokane Chiefs about uh, two months ago. Well, they've uh, sent him back to Washington State. He ends up with the Tri-City Americans. Kobe Verbicki never really found his groove uh, with the Oil Kings. Missed all of last season, and uh, this year not very productive. But, uh, you know, if he can find his way, he's a second-round pick. Uh, he's going to the Kamloops Blazers in exchange for a seventh rounder. I imagine there'll be some significant movement here this weekend as the uh, WHL trade deadline this year has been moved to the 17th. Usually it's the 10th, uh, but this year it's the 17th. The Alberta Junior Hockey League, first thing I noticed, well, uh, one of my guests this week uh, will uh, give us a recap of what happened, but the Okotoks Oilers ending the 17-game winning streak of the Brooks Bandits uh, last weekend. Right now, you look at the standings in the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League. Well, listen, Brooks is still way ahead of everybody else. I think two numbers really jump out at me. The goals for for Brooks is 256. Only Spruce Grove is the only other team in the league that has hit 200, and they're at 202. So uh, Brooks has scored 54 more goals than anybody else in the league, and perhaps even more telling, the goal differential. You take your goals for, subtract the goals against. Well, for Brooks... They've scored 179 goals more than they've allowed. And nobody else is uh, even remotely close. There's like a 100 goal difference uh, to them and the next team in that department. So Brooks dominating year, but they lost last weekend. So the longest winning streak in the HHL right now is a mighty three-game heater that the White Court Wolverines are riding as we speak. Stephen Halliday and Jackson Blake have kind of separated themselves from the pack. Two players, two different teams in the USHL scoring race. Halliday playing for Dubuque and Blake with the Chicago Steel, both with 49 points. Uh, Connor Kurth also with Dubuque is next, but 43 points. So uh, there's a, a pretty good cushion as this uh, has turned into a two-horse race atop the USHL scoring. And when it comes to the standings right now, the uh, going by winning percentage, because I think when it's all said and done, we still might have to do that this year. I'm not sure if specifically for the USHL, but I won't be surprised if we see it maybe even in the NHL. Uh, but the Tri-City Storm have the top winning percentage in the USHL, although Chicago Steel are right behind them, both leading their uh, respective conferences as we get into 2022 and in the North American Hockey League the uh, top team again by winning percentage would be the Maryland Black Bears the only team over 700 and is Cade Nelson still leading the league in scoring yes he is 46 points in 30 games for the Aberdeen Wings Cade Nelson who was on the show last week by the way his younger brother Logan who we were talking about uh, last week after I uh, had that interview with uh, Cade I was just curious and looking up uh, what Logan was doing. Logan suddenly followed me on Twitter, so I traded message with him. He's now in the AJHL playing for the uh, Olds Grizzlies. He's made it into one game so far. No points in 
the one game, but uh, it's been a tough go for the Grizzlies this year. They they currently are uh, sliding 17-game uh, winless streak for the Grizzlies. In the NCAA, well, the big story right now is uh, Jack LaFontaine leaving the Minnesota Golden Gophers, their starting netminder, um, and this is a contending team, leaving in the middle of the season. That is so rare. I can't even recall off the top of my head who the last player in this uh, situation might possibly have been. And I'm referring to a guy who doesn't go, you know, major junior because he's, you know, maybe struggling in school or something like that. Like Charlie Coyle comes to mind all the time when I think about guys who left the NCAA and they end up in the uh, Canadian Hockey League. Well, LaFontaine, he goes straight to the NHL and he has actually played already for the Carolina Hurricanes in relief. He didn't get the start, but uh, he has already made his NHL debut. Uh, and I, you know what, if it wasn't for the situation the Hurricanes are in, I think LaFontaine would still be in uh, Minnesota with the uh, Gophers. So that's that's a huge loss for uh, the Golden Gophers. We'll see how they uh, cope with that. They're also going to be without, uh, well, Brock Faber, Matthew Nice, a few guys who have been named to the U.S. Olympic team. Uh, Chris Peters has the uh, the full list. I'm sure you can find it elsewhere on Twitter as well. But it looks like a full slate of games in uh, college hockey this weekend. For the most part, I'm sure there are still uh, games here or there that are being postponed. I see one, Northeastern and Vermont, uh, scheduled to play on Saturday. That one has been postponed. So has Cornell against Yale and uh, Princeton at home uh, to Dartmouth. Those games uh, on scheduled for Friday night are not going to happen this weekend. And I think I forgot to mention uh, Tyler Boucher, who was playing college hockey, uh, signed with the Ottawa Senators, the team that drafted him. Surprisingly, a member, he was taken, uh, what was it, 10th overall. And that uh, raised a lot of eyebrows on the draft floor. Well, he has now arrived in Ottawa, but to play with the 67s. So he uh, signs his uh, NHL entry deal, uh, but is now playing for the Ottawa 67s in the Ontario Hockey League. So uh, a big addition there uh, for the 67s. All right, I do have a full slate of guests for you today, four that you're going to hear from. They all join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. Uh, Troubled Monk, beverages worth sharing. The brewery is in Red Deer, and the tap room is open. You can go in. You can enjoy some exclusive uh, on-tap brews right at the tap house. they got apparel there as well. But the good news is if you're in Alberta and you live between Calgary and uh, St. Albert, including Sherwood Park and Edmonton and all the towns down Highway 2, and right around Red Deer, well, you can get home delivery right to your door for free. Here's what you do. You go to troubledmonk.com shop. You place your order, and when it's time to check out, you use promo code PIPELINE, and you will get that order right to your door 100% free of charge on that delivery. No delivery charge. It's on the house. That's at troubledmonk.com, and lots of new uh, seasonals to try. They got the Fork in the Road Pale Ale, made in the shade Mango Peppers, a dry hopped kettle sour that they call Hits Different. There's the Buzzword IPA. These are all ones I haven't been able to try just yet. Uh, the House Hippo, which I actually have, and the Oktoberfest Munich Hells. I think I actually have tried that one, but I do have some of those in my uh, beer fridge right now. But you can always count on the classics, like the Bucktooth Belgian White, the Golden Gates uh, Golden Ale, the Pesky Pig Pale Ale, and a couple of my favorites, the Juicy Gossip New England IPA and the Daycation Lager. You can't go wrong. Troubledmonk.com slash shop. 
This week's guest list looks like this. Well, we're going to recap everything that happened in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with the trade deadline. Who are the contenders now? Has it changed much? What did St. John do? This is the team that is scheduled to host the Memorial Cup. This, uh, I guess, what is it now, June that they're scheduling it? Well, Willie Palov from Saltwire is going to join me. He's been covering the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for as long as I can remember, and he's got the inside scoop for us. So he's going to start the show off. Then we're going to have three consecutive segments where we turn on the 2022 Draft Spotlight, and we're going to get to know three players eligible for the upcoming draft. We're going to start with Rieger Lorenz, who plays for the Okotoks Oilers in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. He's a recruit of the Denver Pioneers, and he's having a heck of a season for Okotoks. We'll talk to him, and then we'll uh, stay out west, but it's this time a goaltender in the Western Hockey League, Tyler Brennan who comes in as the number one ranked goaltender, according to NHL Central Scouting, in North America. Tyler Brennan of the Prince George Cougars is on the show today. And our final guest today, a defenseman with the U.S. National Development Program. I mentioned there was nine guys that Central Scouting has in their first round. Well, Ryan Chesley is one of them. We'll meet him today as well. Excellent lineup of guests, and it all starts next with Willie Palov on the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. This is the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. And Raymond stays with him, Lafreniere pokes it ahead, still has it. Rolling puck, Lafreniere works it, shoots, scores! What a goal by Alexi Lafreniere! A superstar in the making! This is Alexi Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Troubled Monk Brew of the Week. Hey, it's one of my personal favorites, but tell the people about it. The Daycation Mexican Lager. When the chores are done, the lawn is mowed or the sidewalk shoveled. This Mexican Lager is perfect for floating on fresh powder or floating down the river. Daycation Lager is a little getaway every day. Player comparable, Sidney Crosby can do it all and is always in the conversation of the very best. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at TroubledMonk.com. Troubled Monk, craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Yo, drop your grinning and drop your linen. Back on the Pipeline Show, and we're going to begin this week's episode uh, looking at the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Reminder that the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out at wilhockbeefjerky.com. My guest to uh, recap trade deadline in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and uh, who are the contenders now after the deadline? Uh, we count on Willie Palov, who uh, joins me now. And Willie, I used to say from the uh, Chronicle Herald, but uh, I- I'm saying something different now. What is Saltwire? <laughs> well, it's, it, you're bo- both answers are right. The, the newspaper I write for is the Chronicle Herald, but uh, gosh, I guess it was about four years ago, our, our company bought basically all the other media outlets in, uh, let me think now, PEI, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland, and uh, created its own network, Saltwire, and so that led to the creation of the Saltwire Network websites okay. and consolidation and all that. So you're you're right on both uh, both counts. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, Willie Pella from Saltwire is my guest. 
All right, the trade deadline activity this year, uh, it seemed like it was pretty busy, especially right at the end. St. John pulling off, what, five deals in, in the final, right before the deadline on the final day. Uh, but was there significant moves that were made, in your opinion? Who are the biggest names that moved? Yeah, well, let's start with St. John, right? Like, they're, they're the Memorial Cup hosts. There's mm-hmm. an expectation that those teams have to load up. Uh, and they did. Um, <clears throat> you know, they had a good team to start with, right? Uh, pretty good core, uh, you know, all three positions, forward, defense, and goal. But, uh, you you know, there there is pressure to empty the tank. And so they did that, and they went out and made those five deals you mentioned. Um, I don't know if there's a biggest one out of those. They, they kind of pivoted uh, to a deal with Moncton at the last minute because Philip Daou was playing, he's 20-year-old forward, playing in the AHL. Uh, for Belleville, mm-hmm. he became available really, really late in the game, and he's a really good player. And I, I think they just jumped on it and got him in a big uh, kind of package deal. Um, and I think once they uh, set their mind on him, they felt like they needed a goalie. Um, brought Nicola Hertubizin from Victoriaville. That was important. Um, I guess they just weren't confident who they had there before. And then, and then a couple of other smaller deals upgraded their import. Uh, got Anson's out of Baycomo is a good player, uh, added some depth on her Trenum from uh, Cape Breton. You know, these were important trades for them. So uh, a challenge now, uh, you know, it's January. I don't, I don't know how they're going to fit 68 games in. I, I hope they do, but mm-hmm. we're talking about a condensed second half regardless. So, uh, you know, their coach, Gordy Dwyer, he's got work to do, right? Like it, it takes a, t- it takes a while to build uh you know, obviously chemistry at the junior level, but, but also put systems in place that everybody knows and can play on the same page. So he, he's the one who's most under the gun here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like him as a coach. So I think he can do it. All right. Well, you mentioned the condensed schedule in the second half and uh, same similar situation here in the WHL. Now, the queue has been shut down across the league until the 17th, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here in the WHL, like 15 of the 22 teams were put on on hold because of COVID situations uh, within their organizations. So uh, kind of the same outcome, but for, you know, different reasons. The league in the in the queue uh, said, well, let's just shut everything down for now. Uh, I guess the question with St. John is uh, right now they're sitting seventh in their own conference. So they're well back from uh, being at the top end. But I know there's a lot of parity in the queue this year, which is a good thing in my opinion, but... Did they do enough? Does this, all this activity, do they suddenly become the favorite now? They're one of the favorites. They, they wouldn't be my choice as the favorite. Um, and I'll get back to the teams I like a little better. But, for, you know, first with them, you know, you do mention that overall standing. Uh, you know, they're 11th, right? And uh, there are, I would say, five legitimate contenders. But then there is also a second tier of probably three, maybe four teams. So, you know, you're talking about a, a group that runs probably nine teams, eight, nine teams deep, at, uh, at least as some spoilers in there. So if, if you're in 11th right now and you, you move yourself up to, uh, I don't know, as high as three or four, well, you're still going to have to play somebody pretty good in the first round and for sure somebody good in the second round. Mm-hmm. And with these Moral Cup host teams, you guys, I'm sure have seen it out there too. If you get bounced early in the playoffs, it's that adds a degree of pressure that's tough, right? You're, you're off for a long time. People are second guessing you and you know that whole story. Um, but about what I was saying earlier, 
you know, the two teams I liked in August and September starting the year that I like just as much now are, are Charlottetown and, uh, and actually Bathurst or Bathurst, I call them anyway. Um, you know, Charlottetown coached and managed by Jim Holton in my mind, he's probably the best combined coach GM in the league. He's got a terrific eye for the right pieces for whatever he needs. And he's really, really good at getting teams to play together. I know that probably doesn't sound like anything meaningful, (laughs) but it, it really does. It is noticeable at this level. His teams play hard and they're super organized. It's, it's as if they never have a bad game. And he had, again, he had a pretty good, a really good team, I should say, to start the year. And then uh, got a, a veteran goalie out of Drummondville that, that uh, addressed that need. Got one more defenseman. He had an, already had an outstanding top four. Uh, got another good def- depth guy, Jeremy Biakabatuka. Mm-hmm. And then uh, got at the last minute, so his, his deadline day deals, he, he got Zachary Waugh and Dawson Stairs, two 19-year-old scorers. So all of a sudden he's got a really dangerous top six. So that's the team I probably like the best, but uh, Bathurst is really, really stacked too. Um, They made their moves early in the trade period. Again, another team that was really stacked to start. They they were playing a bit of a waiting game at the start of the year because Hendricks Lapierre was in Washington for the first, I don't know, six weeks. So when he came back, obviously it was all systems go there. And they went out and got Miguel Tourigny from Leville Boisbriand, who's, who's certainly the best offensive defenseman in the league. And then uh, you got Felix LaFrance, he's a 20-year-old leading scorer in the league. And another guy, Thomas Bellegarde, from, uh, from, both from Shakutami. So they did those two deals before, the, before, the, uh, Christmas, before Christmas even. And, uh, of course, uh, they also made a coaching change about six weeks ago. So um, they look really good. They have... I think probably the deepest group of forwards. So um, I like, I like St. John in that group, but Bathurst and Charlottetown also play in the uh, Maritimes in that division. So, you know, you're going to be trading off points and that's going to make it harder for St. John to catch them. Bathurst is a little bit in that same boat. So um, yeah, I would think the three best teams, at least for me, the three best teams are down here right now. Well, Halifax is sitting third in the Eastern Conference uh, right now. They Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they did anything uh, leading up to the uh, deadline. Didn't move anybody out, didn't bring anybody in. I know there were rumors about Elliot DeNoyer going, uh, I think, to St. John, actually, uh, from what I had uh, read previously. But were you surprised in the inactivity from Halifax with either shipping guys out or bringing guys in? Yeah, you know, yes and no. I mean, on paper... Conventional thinking is you always trade away a 19-year-old who's going to be playing pro next year. Elliot signed with the Flyers. He'll be gone. He played for Team Canada. His value to a contender would be through the roof because he's a great offensive player, but um, models himself after Patrice Bergeron, you know, the two-way game, but also terrific character kid. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted him, and, and yeah, I, I don't think there's much secret that St. John made a pretty aggressive offer that... Uh, I know had them had the Mooseheads tempted right to the last minute, but it just, you know, every time I talk to their general manager, Cam Russell, this is, you know, every other week or of the year. And then obviously more frequently during the trade period, he just never gave out that vibe that he really, his heart was in trading the kid. Um, the Mooseheads are the youngest team in the league. They've got a lot of really good 16 and 17 year olds, but I think they felt like, um, 
Elliot being there almost makes him like a third assistant coach. Uh, he, he sets a standard with the way he works and the type of personality is. They did the same thing last year when they kept Justin Barron. When they should, you know, when again, conventional wisdom suggests that you trade him at 19. Yeah. So I, I know there was, was certainly a faction in the fan base that didn't like it, didn't get it. Um, and for all I know, there's a little more going on behind the scenes, but, uh, I, I just think at the end, they, they felt like, um, being here as a mentor and a role model, uh, it's an intangible that helps them next year and the year after those are their target years. So I don't know. It's one of those things you can debate, right? But, uh, they're six overall. They could be a spoiler in that group I mentioned before, you know, I know with St. John or Bathurst, a team like that would hate to play them in the first round or, or even the second round. Cause they're young and pressure free. So, you know, we'll see. Well, you're weighing the pros and cons of moving a guy like that. And the pro of keeping him would be what you said, mentor the young guys, but also it keeps you in, in the, in the hunt for the playoffs and maybe to the second round. And for a young team, playoff experience is, you know, pretty, pretty valuable. So you want to get as much of that as possible. So maybe the best value to the organization is to keep them anyway. Yeah. Like they're, don't get me wrong. They're not trying to win it all. They know they're realistic. And, uh, and, the, and the fact is, is they didn't make any trades, but yesterday they landed a free agent out of Ontario junior a I saw that. for nothing. 19 year old kid, Evan Boucher, uh, was NCAA all this time. Second leading scorer in that CCHL, which, um, I think is probably one of the top tier two leagues, uh, in Canada. Um, NCAA wasn't coming together the way you want it. You know how these things go. And yeah. then, uh, boom, uh, your team like Halifax, um, you can attract those guys. So they put him into their lineup. He, uh, gives them more depth. Um, he's an older player. He's a big kid. I think he's six two, 200 pounds. We'll play as a 20 year old next year. Um, now all of a sudden you've got Elliot Denoye in your lineup and this guy, if he's as advertised, he'll be top nine for sure. Probably top six, uh, you know, a little, little heavy, uh, on the wings there. And I don't know. I, I think if you're a contender and you have these guys coming at you, uh, playing loose and, you know, with just out there having, having fun and bonus, bonus hockey, then, uh, you're a little bit worried. Willie Palo from Saltwire is my guest, uh, recapping the trade activity in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League at the deadline. And now that that's come and gone, I know that Quebec Rempart made a bunch of moves early in the season. Was that their deadline activity? I'm always intrigued to see what Patrick was going to do, but he didn't do a whole lot. A couple of small moves uh, right before the deadline, but their their big uh, changes seemed like they happened really early in the year. Yeah. Um, again, if, if I'm thinking back to how I, how I felt in August and September, they're right there. They're in the top five for sure. Um, but if you, if you break down their roster, it, it is better suited for next year. You know, they have Zachary Bulldoop there, Nathan uh, Gaucher and some other kids uh, who will be older and at their peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see uh, the arms race heat up right away. Like I said, with Bathurst making a move early, Charlottetown making a move early, you know moves are coming in St. John. And, uh, you know, I, I don't blame Patrick for hedging there. Um, he did he did bring in Connor Fournette, 20-year-old, who won the league championship last year at Victoriaville. Good player. He'll help them. And, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't give up a whole lot. So there's low risk there. And he didn't have to go all in. And he could win. And uh, Shewinigan did the same thing. 
you know, they have a great team, probably the top top line in the league, Maverick Bork and Xavier Borgo, Borgo, you know, the two world world junior players and of course uh other depth. Um Olivia Nido, of course, third person in that that group of three. Um, but uh just uh, made a couple calculated moves and uh didn't really give up the farm, but again, you're you're gonna go in as one of the top four or five teams and um you don't know how injuries will shape out with these other teams and you have St. John might not come together, all these variables. And, and if you, if you don't want to empty, uh, empty the bank there for the future, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad way to do it. So Schwinnigan and Quebec, uh, they're right there, maybe a tier below, but, uh, in that conversation for sure. All right. Well, you mentioned the, uh, the schedule in the second half, we know the league was shut down until I think it was officially the 14th, but the first games were scheduled for the 17th. It looks, I'm looking at the website. It looks like the first games are actually the 19th. Is that correct? Well, yeah, on paper. Um, but there are a lot of obstacles right now. Uh, you know, here in Nova Scotia, they're not allowing any, any, uh, only practices with maximum 10 players in a space. So, there are no games right now for any level of sport, including major junior hockey. Uh, and I think that they just announced that that uh, protocol will stay in place till the end of January. So they have about a week, I guess, to work on that, uh, maybe get an exception. Of course, that includes the uh, Cape Breton Eagles. PEI and uh, New Brunswick have their own problems and protocols to worry about. And I know in Quebec right now, uh, the last I heard is the uh, teams don't want to go back to having games unless they can have at least 50% of their fans there. But it's a major outbreak in Quebec, as most people know. Yeah. Um, even even the Canadians, I think, don't have clearance for any fans. So, you know, they did get government bailout money last year, the Quebec League, but I don't know that the government's uh, in a big hurry to do that right now, especially on short notice. So, yes. Technically, there are games on the schedule for the 19th, but um, a lot of things have to change before that happens. So um, I'm just working on other things right now and uh, waiting and seeing like any fan. All right. So, I mean, there's a game in Halifax scheduled for the 20th, and uh, we see uh, a Bathurst and a Charlottetown hosting games on the 19th, but really uh, big asterisks next to those uh, at this point. Is that is that what I should take away? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, <clears throat> the biggest variable that could change that is there is a hope from our government, and I don't know how realistic it is, but uh, there is a hope that maybe the schools reopen on the 17th, the week of the 17th. Right. And if that happened, I think then maybe the Mooseheads and Eagles would get some latitude, uh, maybe could play in uh, empty rinks until um, things start to clear up a little bit. But uh, I'm not even sure how realistic that is. And uh, I, I do know also, just a, by way of a bit of a back, by way of a bit of background here, is when this uh, outbreak started back just before Christmas, um, and our provincial government had to introduce new protocols. Um, you know, they gave they gave teams until uh, a Friday before uh, before Christmas to get you know, organized and uh, finish up whatever they're trying to do. And uh, as you would guess, the cases were, were going crazy and everything else. And the Mooseheads moved 
one game that was to be played one day after those protocols went into place to the day before to quote fit into the uh into the timetable and the protocol but it it, it definitely rubbed the government the wrong way that wasn't really in the spirit of what they're trying to do would have a uh, you know a rink full of thousands of people super spreader and um our our premier made some uh, comments that he wasn't very impressed with that so I don't know how much goodwill that burned mm-hmm. going into this next round of, uh, you know, trying to carve out these exceptions, but um, it, it depends. I mean, you know what? It probably comes down to the personality of the uh, premier and how stubborn he is. So we'll find that out once, once we get into these talks here in the next week or two weeks. I don't know about you, but it almost feels more like uh, 2020, the spring of 2020 than it did, than it did, <laughs> 2021. Well, I mean, the difference, I guess, from 2020 is we get we have a vaccine now, and everybody is vaccinated, or most people are vaccinated. And I'm I'm thinking it's probably the same with the players and everybody in the queue as it was out here. They had to be vaccinated to be able to play this year, right? So hopefully that's the difference, and that we don't end up with canceled playoffs and no Memorial Cup again. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, you would probably say the same thing about the Oilers out there, or or the NHL teams across the board in Canada and right down to junior teams where I, I feel like the tipping point everyone's waiting for is um, when, when all the kids who are under 12, 12 and under are double vaxxed and, and that's coming up soon. And I think then there's going to be probably not, this doesn't make me a COVID expert, that's for sure, but it, <laughs> it feels like uh, then there'll, there'll be maybe a push from the general population to say, listen, everybody who um, can be vaxxed should have had the chance. So let's, let's move on, uh, with COVID as part of our life. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, certainly a current to that here. I, I would, I'm guessing it's probably the same in Alberta and some other places. And, uh, and then it becomes a matter of these teams, um, playing with it, you know, having kids who are sick and spreading it and dealing with that, like uh, any other flu or COVID, uh, sorry, a uh, cold rather, but uh, we're a long way from that. I don't know about you guys, but it's it's, it's still uh, people are still trying to contain it here and yeah. and keep any kids from getting sick and spreading and you know uh, turning our hospitals upside down and, and all that stuff. So we're in this weird kind of limbo, I think. But uh, sports, uh, you know, at least at least we're back. We have access to a vaccine now. But it, you're right; it does feel like we're in this indefinite state of mind again which is you know i have to tell you is a, is a little bit unsettling well like you willie i'm a hockey guy not a doctor guy so well we'll leave that to the <laughs> experts but uh, as always i really appreciate your time willie thanks for doing this and uh, hopefully we've got playoffs to talk about the next time you're uh, on the show let's hope thanks key good talking to you as always Willie Palov from Saltwire with a recap of the trade activity at the quebec major junior hockey league's uh, trade deadline that ended on, uh, what was it, last Friday, I believe it was. Well, you know, to hear him say it still sounds like it's, uh, you know, a pretty tight race at the top of the standings as contenders, which I think is great. Personally, I think it's great. It keeps more teams and more fans involved uh, right to the end. I think that that sets up for an interesting and exciting playoffs. We already know St. John is going to the Memorial Cup as host, but who's the other team from the queue that will join them? Uh, We'll find out over the next, uh, what, three, four months, I guess. Uh, but it should be an, an exciting end to the 2022 regular season, assuming, knock on wood, we get back to playing hockey in the queue and 
all the other leagues that are currently having some difficulties right now. And I get the Halifax Mooseheads not moving a guy like uh, Elliot Denoyer, and for that matter, uh, Zachary LaRue as well. I mean, he he's probably back again next year, I would think, but, you know, who knows? Maybe Nashville signs him and, and he moves on. But I, it takes me back to a different league, but the Regina Pats a long time ago when they had uh, two guys, Jordan Eberle and Colton Tubert, at the same time, I believe it was at the same time, chose not to trade either one of them in their final year, knowing both were signed and not going to be back. And uh, Brent Parker, I remember, was the GM at the time and basically said for two reasons. Uh, one, because they're there to help bring on the younger players. Jordan Wheel is a guy coming up. And, you know, some playoff experience with uh, Everly there was a good thing for Jordan Wheel and therefore for the Pats organization. That's an example. Also, there's something about a guy beginning and finishing his career with one team as well and then going on and playing in the NHL. Jordan Eberle is a Regina Pat, a former Regina Pat. He's not a former Regina Pat and a Kamloops Blazer. It's just a Pat. So there's something to be said for that, too, as well, from a junior team's perspective, which I understand. You can definitely make the argument that it would be better to trade those guys because you're going to get quite a haul. Uh, I mean, listen, if they'd opted to move uh, Elliot Denoyer, you, you can probably expect two, three first-round picks or something like that. Well, maybe that's crazy. But maybe it's not. It is the cue. So you can make the argument uh, pretty well on either side uh, of the debate. All right, next up, and for the next three segments, we're going to turn on the 2022 Draft Spotlight. We're going to get to know three different players, all of them eligible for the upcoming NHL Draft in, uh, what is it? Is it back to normal or is it in July? I'm going to have to look that up. I'm not even sure off the top of my head. Well, first up, he is uh, red hot. He is the Player of the Month in the Alberta Junior Hockey League and uh, the, definitely the top-ranked player eligible from the AJHL this year for the draft. His name is Regular Renz, and he plays for the Okotoks Oilers. So let's get to know Rieger next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Hey, it's Don Holloway from the Wisconsin Badgers. Now he goes cross-eye, center eyes to Holloway. Drop pass between his legs, Weisbach refeeds, Holloway open, scores! <laughs> what a fantastic play, Holloway! And you're listening to Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi. We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. And boom goes the dynamite. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. That's Alberta's best beef jerky with two locations, Leduc, Spruce Grove, but they will ship it anywhere in Western Canada. Vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery, absolutely delicious. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. In this segment, uh, we're going to turn on the 2022 Draft Spotlight and chat with another player who is eligible for the upcoming NHL Draft. And uh, my next guest coming to us, from Alberta, from the AJHL, playing for the Okotoks Oilers and having one hell of a season. 
Rieger Lorenz of the Okotoks Oilers. Welcome to the program, Rieger. How are things? Good. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. Uh, I mentioned you're having a great year. Perfect timing for this year. You are the uh, uh, player of the month for December. I think you had, what, 17 points in like seven games or something, and you've kept that pace going here in uh, 2022 now as well. Uh, everything seems to be clicking for you right now. Did you expect to have this sort of a season at the start of the year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, tough year last year to kind of measure myself. Uh, yeah. I didn't play that many games, but um, yeah, I worked hard in the off season, so yeah, it's kind of nice to see my hard work's paying off. Well, 63 points uh, in 40 games as we're speaking right now. This episode will come out for the general public this weekend, so I'm not sure off the top of my head if you got a game uh, before uh, Friday or Saturday, but uh, this has been a good year for you. You're the only guy in the league in the top uh, six of scoring who doesn't play for Brooks, and I know you guys just yeah. take, coming off a, a big win against the Bandits this past weekend. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, we knocked them off. It felt pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, tell me about this season for the team as a whole. Just how do you guys feel about the way you've played together as a team this year? Yeah, obviously, kind of a big turnover from last year. Um, we got a lot of new guys, a lot of rookies. Um, starting off the year, we started pretty good. Um, ran into some injury trouble kind of halfway through October, November. Uh, we're getting our guys back. We're trying to win some games, so I think we're kind of gelling as a team, and so far, so good. I know a lot of teams, a lot of leagues are dealing with COVID, and everybody had to deal with it last year and basically wiped out the AJHL season a year ago. Uh, what's it been mm-hmm. like for you uh, and the team this year and for the league in general? It, it looks like you guys have pretty much played through everything. Yeah, so no mandatory testing right now. Um yeah, so not not a lot of problems. I think if they put that in place, you might run into a few problems. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like so far, so good. Uh, everything's running pretty, pretty smoothly. All right, Rieger Lorenz is my guest. He's uh, a forward with the Okotoks Oilers. And uh, Rieger, what we like to do in this part of the show is uh, let my audience get to know somebody draft eligible like you are. And there'll be casual NHL fans uh, you know, across North America into Europe uh, who will listen to a segment like this to kind of get to know you, when, it, especially as the draft gets closer and closer. And they might not be AJHL fans, so they may have never heard of Okotoks, let alone, uh, you know, much about the AJHL. So for the benefit of those yeah. people, uh, let's get some background, and we'll start really general. Uh, where are you from? Yeah, so born and raised in uh, Calgary. Um, played, started playing hockey when I was four. Uh, kind of always stuck around the northwest part of Calgary, and yeah. Have you always been a Ford? Yeah, always a Ford, yeah. Um, yeah, never really... I uh, liked uh, goaltending or defense, but I kind of stuck with that. I know when I talk to a lot of players and I ask that question, some guys say, well, maybe as a kid they wanted to be the goalie and their parents wouldn't let them or something, but it seems like... Yeah, no, I remember I remember novice, uh, I tried playing goalie once I ended up scoring a goal, so uh, <laughs> I don't think I was too defensive. I, I know a lot of guys, especially at that age, um, maybe they don't have a full-time goalie on the team, so everybody has to rotate through and, and take their turn in net. Did you have an option like or an opportunity like that? Yeah, I think uh, Nala did it once, but when Adam rolled around, I kind of want to stick to my stick to my position. All right, fair enough. Well, it seems like it's uh, worked out pretty well for you. How do you get to Okotoks from Calgary? How, what's the process like? I know there isn't a draft in the AJHL, so is it all recruiting, mm-hmm. and, and what led you there? Yeah, so it is. So um, so my dad played uh, NCAA hockey for the University of Notre Dame. Um, so I kind of always wanted to go to college throughout. Um then from kind of a young age, uh, Tyler Dice, our head coach, uh, he kind of recruited me. He had a kid playing kind of uh, same age as me in Calgary. So I kind of always had that connection there. He reached out to me a few times when I was younger. Um, I went to a few practices when I was kind of second year band mesh, kind of made the first connection there. And uh, yeah, then I AP'd um, in Midget and then obviously came here. 
All right. Uh, that phone connection, we, we were having uh, issues with at the start uh, before we started recording. Right. It's back, but uh, we'll, we'll keep it's going. Back. Yeah, I can hear it a little bit, but uh, it's kind of all digital. We'll, we'll see. Maybe the final uh, edit will fix that. But, yeah. Um, all, right. all right. So you mentioned your dad uh, got you started, uh, or he played collegiate hockey. I imagine as a kid, he's probably the guy who got you playing and, uh, and onto the ice as a, as a youngster, too. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, backyard rinks, all that kind of stuff. He was kind of driving me there. So, yeah. All right. When once you get to Okotoks, I know you've got the choice uh, in in Canada. Most guys will think of going the Canadian Hockey League route. You, you're uh, uh, following in your father's footsteps to go play college hockey. Was that an easy decision for you to make, though? And I know, hey, listen, it's not necessarily a hundred percent because you're you're still up here uh, at this point. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Winnipeg Ice had to have uh, your CHL rights, or at least they drafted you. Was that an easy decision for you to make to not go to uh, to uh, Winnipeg now? It was actually Kootenai who drafted you, but mm-hmm. um, to pursue uh, the collegiate path. Yeah, um, so I, I committed before the draft, so it kind of made the decision a little bit easier. Um, but I think my family prioritizes um, education over everything, so I think that kind of made it a little easier. And I think kind of going into the Bantam draft, I was kind of uh, not as well-developed as some other guys. So I think I have... Uh, as much success in the WHL if I went that path. So I think kind of being a late bloomer, I think I kind of want to go against double A and kind of see my development through that way. With the way things played out last year, and basically there wasn't much of a season uh, in the AJHL, I know you could, I suppose, have gone to Dubuque. They, I believe they hold your USHL rights, and we saw mm-hmm. a guy like Matthew Savoy uh, who went south and, and played for Dubuque. Was that an option that you considered for yourself? Uh, yeah, considered, but I kind of want to stick around. I mean, there's always kind of the hope that we would get a season going. And mm-hmm. at that point, I wasn't too comfortable moving that far away from home. So, yeah, it was an option that I kind of looked at, but never really kind of took it seriously. All right, fair enough. Uh, now, if you proceed with your uh, college uh, option, that would lead you to Denver. Why was uh, joining the Pioneers the right fit for you? Really highly respected uh, program. Certainly have pushed a lot of guys to the NHL. So it's uh, it's not a critique, but why... Why that option in particular? Why that program uh, being the right fit for you? Yeah, for sure. So uh, my dad ended up playing junior hockey with the assistant coach, Dallas Ferguson, ah. um, and actually in the, in the AJHL as well. Um, so he that's kind of my connection to Denver, kind of second-year Bantam. They came and watched me a little bit. Um, flew down there once, met the coaches. I think that's kind of when I fell in love with the program, like super stand-up guys. Um, and I just thought that would be kind of, Having that quality of person kind of at the coaching staff level would kind of help me get to the next level. Notre Dame, not a uh, you know a, a consideration for you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, obviously, I think my dad would have would have been cool for him if I went there, but no, I think uh, Denver's kind of place for me. All right. Uh, when it comes to academics, is there uh, some uh, something in particular that you're going there uh, with in mind, or basically are you a hockey player going uh, to college? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm a hockey player going to college. My parents uh, obviously want me to take uh, school pretty seriously. So sure. I'm going there. I'm taking, I'm taking international business there. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, fair enough. Uh, now, when it comes to the NHL draft, Rieger, uh, is it something you spend much time thinking about? And when I ask most players that question, you're, it's one of two uh, uh, stances. Some guys say they don't want to think about it at all because it's a distraction. And other guys say they really think about it and they look to see where they're ranked by you know, TSN or Central Scouting or whatever, and they use that as motivation. Uh, what is it for you? Yeah, I think, yeah, like you can go both ways. Um, I think some things use motivation. I think others just kind of got to separate yourself away from it. Um, my goal is to be the best player I can at 23. 
And yeah, if, if an NHL team kind of sees that in me, then great. And if not, then I'm going to keep kind of on my development path and uh, see where I end up. Uh, at uh, the sheet I'm looking at lists you, I believe, 6'2", uh, 185-ish pounds. Uh, that's the AJHL's uh, website. Uh, how up-to-date is that? Yeah, kind of got up to around 190 now, kind of mid-season, but yeah. All right. And 6'2", do you think you've uh, stopped growing vertically? Uh I think I'm still a little bit of I've grown kind of a quarter of an inch in the last little bit here. Um, my dad's six three and a half ish, so okay. I'm hoping I can get to that. All right. Were you always one of the bigger kids in your class? It's not like you're six foot seven or anything like that, but you're still yeah, still um, a tall guy. You know, obviously, I think I was kind of average growing up. I think kind of grade nine older than I started getting a little bit taller than most guys, but I was kind of always the skinnier guy. Never uh, kind of filled out. And I don't think I filled out quite yet either so well it's coming though right and do you notice that change on the ice now that you're you said 190 ish uh, i imagine you're able mm-hmm. to do things that you couldn't do you know a year and a half ago yeah yeah 100%. i still think my body kind of my frame can hold a lot more weight than i'm carrying around right now but i think that'll come with kind of once i get to denver as well I'll put some weight on me so yeah for people who haven't had a chance to watch you play they'll look up the stats see 26 goals and 63 points and and know that you're an offensive guy might not tell the whole story, though. It might not paint the whole picture. So uh, how do you describe yourself as a player? I think I'm a competitive uh, two-way guy. I think, um, especially here in Oaktopes, I think our coach trusts me on the power play and the PK. And I think that's something that I've prided myself on this year is kind of developing that defensive part of the game. Uh, kind of areas that I excel in would probably be kind of creating passions for myself, finding those passing lanes, and kind of puck pursuit and stripping puck down the porch. Now, uh, when I say you're a forward, you, are you playing in the middle? Or are you a centerman? No, I'm a winger. Oh, you're a winger. Which side are you more comfortable mm-hmm. on? Uh, last way I can play either. Okay. Uh, on the, like on the power play, do you flip over and play on the other side? Uh, no, I'm still on my strong side on the power play. Okay. Uh, what about penalty kill? You, do you find yourself uh, killing off some penalties too? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the number, number one PK unit right now, so that's kind of something I've been proud about this year. Uh, I was going to ask, you know, a lot of offensive guys take pride and maybe think that their defensive game is maybe overlooked a little bit. Do you, do you feel that maybe you're, that for you is everybody focuses on your offensive numbers, but do you think you get overlooked as uh, your strong defensive play? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, if you're just looking at the stats, I think so, but I think if you come to watch, I think people will see that I'm pretty responsible in both ends. Uh, I know your teammate Bowden uh, Singleton is also draft eligible this year. Uh, he's not that mm-hmm. far behind you in points. You got 63. He's got 48. He's having a terrific year as well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I imagine he's a guy that you think deserves more attention as well. What kind of a player is he? Yeah, um, obviously, I think he's a little bit uh, more undersized. So I think kind of some guys have overlooked him a little bit. He's super smart. Has lots of talk skills um, and his shots. So obviously, really good. So. All right. Riga, before you get to the next level, uh, what sort of things do you want to shore up in your game uh, so you're ready to take on uh, collegiate uh, opponents? I think little things in my skating, I think need improvement. Uh, just kind of like, especially when I get tired, I think I stand up a little bit in my stride. Um, I think uh, I think my shot's another area, just kind of, I think straight on I have a good shot. I think some areas I need to improve or kind of like change the angle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess just kind of critiquing some some. Some things in my D-zone game, um, kind of foot position, all that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, being a Calgary guy, did you grow up a Flames fan, or were you cheering for somebody else uh, behind enemy lines? No, so my parents were born and raised in Lloyd and Minster, so I was always a diehard of Geno Others fan. Ah, I see. That's That must yeah. be a little challenging, though, uh, in Calgary to be a fan of the arch yeah. rival. <laughs> yeah, I always was. I got bugged a little bit growing up, but yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, Rieger, listen, I really appreciate your time today. Best of luck the rest of the season, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get to chat again in the coming years. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good day. There is Rieger Lorenz from the uh, Okotoks Oilers under the Alberta Junior Hockey League, an always competitive team and a fun club to watch, and uh, they had an entertaining victory over the uh, Brooks Bandits. I think the Bandits came into that game having won 17 in a row, so you know everybody's going to be up and giving the Bandits uh, their A game, uh, if possible. Uh, but Brooks is a really good team, but Okotoks got the better of them uh, this past weekend. And uh, Regular Renz, I think he's got five points here in four games in uh, 2022. Uh, but the uh, December Player of the Month in the AJHL. Headed to a good program. He's six foot two, 190 pounds. He's uh, really offensive, but uh, pays attention to uh, the defensive side of the game as well. What's not to like? Is a guy who could legit go in the first round. Intriguing player, to say the least. All right, we've got another intriguing player. He's one of the top-ranked goaltenders for the class of 2022. We're going to the WHL and the Prince George Cougars, Tyler Brennan. On the Pipeline Show next, fueled by Wilhock Beef Jerky. No sleep till! Bend off the wall, falling there was Longo as uh, he couldn't stop that rush on the right side. Goodberg walks in, hands it up in front, that's so good. Making a nice read there, stretching out those long legs. Hey, it's Matt Sogard from the Medicine Hat Tigers, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Five-time Alberta Junior Hockey League champions, the Spruce Grove Saints, are back and welcoming fans to the Grant Fuhrer Arena for the 2021-22 season. A community-minded Junior A hockey organization offering affordable family entertainment. Tickets to big league hockey at affordable family rates range from $9 to $15 with free parking and some of the best food and drink specials in town. For more information on tickets and how you can become a partner, go to sprucegrovesaints.ca. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Yes, that's awesome. Back on the Pipeline Show, and of course, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. That is Alberta's best beef jerky, with two locations in Leduc and Spruce Grove, but willing and able to ship anywhere in Western Canada. Vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery. Go to WilhockBeefJerky.com. We had a 2022 draft spotlight segment in the previous segment. And we're going to keep it going for the rest of the show. We get to know another player eligible for the upcoming NHL draft. This time, we're talking to a goaltender all the way up in Prince George, B.C. And that, of course, means Tyler Brennan is on the program this week. Tyler, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for uh, being available. I guess right now, kind of everybody's available as uh, the, the league not really happening at the moment. Uh, how are you spending your days right now? Yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a little tough with uh having some time off but i think uh, a little bit of time off is always good but sometimes a little too much can can be an issue sometimes but i think with myself and the whole team we're all doing uh pretty good with handling the time where a lot of the guys are going for walks and having doing a little bit of workouts kind of stuff like that but i think it's just good to you know have some time to yourself what do you do to stay sharp though like for when the 
team gets back on the ice and you get a game, I imagine leading up to it, you'll get a couple practices in. But right now, what are you doing? Um, I'm just doing some, you know, some some body weight workouts to go for some walks, stuff like that. And uh, as a goalie, obviously the, the mental side of the game is huge. So mm-hmm. I've been doing some some mindset work and and doing a little bit of reading to keep my mind sharp. All right, very good. The uh, Cougars right now sitting in seventh place in the Western Conference with a record of 13-17-1-1. And, one. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know what your expectations were at the start of the season for uh, for the team. Is this about what you expected, or how do you feel about the way the team has played so far? Yeah, well, obviously we have a really young team yep. uh, up in Prince George, but uh, so there's a lot of a lot of learning to, to have here. Um, me as an 18-year-old trying to, help the younger guys kind of adapt to the league and adapt to how fast the play is here coming from lower levels. So I think uh, we have high expectations for the, for this year and, and obviously upcoming years, but um, obviously I think myself and the whole team want to be better than what we showed so far. And I think uh, before the Christmas break, we really showed how good we can be. And I think uh, from here on out, we're going to be a lot better. All right, you meant the key. I think what you mentioned is it's a young team. You got a lot of talent, but it's young, and it takes a little while for guys to get acclimated to the Western Hockey League level and and take that uh, step forward. But you're seeing progress. I mean, that you've been with the team for a couple of years now. Uh, this is a club that's uh, that's growing for sure, isn't it? The thing, every, all the arrows are pointing in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Like this is my uh, this is my third year with the team, and I know exactly where the young guys are coming from. Yeah, kind of. You come, you come into the league coming from uh, wherever U18s or wherever they played before, and it's tough. So I think uh, if I can be kind of like a mentor to the younger guys and kind of show them the ropes, what the league's all about, I think uh, this year's a good learning year for them. And then obviously the upcoming years, I think we can go a long way in the playoffs and, and stuff like that. So I think uh, obviously our young guys have a lot of talent, and then we have some veterans that, also have talent that can show them the ropes as well. And for yourself, uh, Tyler, how have you felt uh, as this is, as you mentioned, your third year now, that includes the the uh, abbreviated season back in the spring. Uh, but how have you felt about your development over the last three seasons? You got to share the net with Taylor Goche, a veteran in the league. I know he's he's moved on now, but uh, a good guy to partner with and, and uh, to learn from. But how have you felt about your own personal evolution as a goalie? I think coming into the league as a 16-year-old, especially as a goalie, is tough. But like you mentioned, I was uh, coach. It was my goalie partner, and and I think he showed me the ropes and and what to do, what not to do, really well. And I, I thank him for that a lot. I, I let him know about it all the time. So, um, but I, where like how I've came over the years, I think is like I've improved a lot. Honestly, coming in 16-year-old. Was, uh, was a little nervous for my first year, my first start, but uh, I think I did really well my 16-year-old year, and then you just keep improving every day of practice. And when you get the chance to be in the net for a game, you, you take the most of the opportunity and get better. What's that relationship like between a, a goaltender? Spe- you know, from your perspective, you're the young guy, you want to get the starts, but so does the veteran, and he's kind of been there before, so you you got that one and one a sort of mentality, but. You're both competing for ice time, yet you're on the same team, and you both want success for the team, but you want to be in the net. How do you balance that? In the net, but we both know that only one can be each game. So I think um, we both had the mindset going into each practice that 
we got to compete against each other from from each end of the ice to to try and earn those games and we both had the same mentality throughout the last two and a half years that I've been with him and I think uh you don't have one of those hate relationships we we kind of feed off of each other and mm-hmm. uh, the last like two and a half years we were both battling against each other in practice and we'd have little mini competitions that only goalies can have and, you know one goal is going to get the net so you're going to work as hard as you can in practice to try and get that start and then when you get the start you make the most of the game to try and get the next start and we would both battle like crazy every day to try and get the start so I think it was a good competitive nature between two of us. Tyler Brennan from the Prince George Cougars is my guest here in the 2022 draft spotlight. Uh, What we like to do in this part of the show Tyler is let my audience get to know somebody that's in your position being draft eligible and there'll be a a lot of casual NHL fans who don't follow junior hockey, but they'll be listening to an interview like this because you're uh, going to be up for the draft this year and maybe you're going to be chosen by their favorite team, so they want to get to know you uh, in that regard. So for the benefit of those casual NHL fans who don't watch uh, the WHL, let's start at the beginning and uh, find out where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I was born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, love the city. I think I think it's a great city. Some some guys give me a little bit of a hard time from being from Manitoba. Why? But, uh, Why? It's all it's all flat, flat in the prairies and oh, there's okay. no scenery or anything like that. But I take pride in being from Winnipeg, and obviously I grew up with a lot of great coaches and a lot of great people in Winnipeg. So I'm very thankful for the city of Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg's a great town. All right, who got you into hockey as a youngster? Uh, well, I think a big thing obviously goes out to my parents. They they kind of raised me into it, but the big thing would be my brother. My brother's two years older than me, and, uh-huh. and he played hockey before I did, and kind of obviously brotherly love. You want to be better than the other guy. So I kind of I got into hockey, obviously was, was trying my best my whole entire life to be like him and have more success is, is the brotherly battle that I, I kind of went through growing up. So a big uh, shout out to my brother for kind of pushing me growing up to be where I am today. Except Ryan's a defenseman and you're a goaltender. So you wanted to be like him, but not that much like him. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, he is a defenseman, but uh, in, in the nature of the brotherly battles that we had, it was just, yeah. he's at one level. I'm trying to get to that level and kind of have the same success as him. So why the attraction to being a netminder? How did you get interested in playing between the pipes? It was back when you know, your, your team would kind of rotate goalies. and Yeah. It's kind of, it was, I was a player. It was having fun being a player, and I'm like, I might as well give goalie a try. And then went went and was a goalie for a game, and I loved it and thought it was fun and kind of enjoyed having like, the pressure of you're the last guy before the puck goes in the net. So I kind of enjoyed that. And then just kind of the next year after that was a goalie full time and just kind of stuck from there. It's funny. Cause I talked to a lot of, I asked that question of every guy that uh, I have on the show. And a lot of them will say they, when they tried it, you find out right away, whether you like it or you're not, uh, because you either get scored, you know, 10 goals on you or something and instantly never want to play in net again, or you, or you have some success and you have fun and you enjoy it. So for you, it was uh, a good experience. Uh, was there some attraction to, I, I like the gear. A lot of guys tell me it's, you know, wearing the pads or the mask or the glove or stuff like that. Was that part of it for you too? Yeah, well, I think 
always thought growing up it was pretty cool that you could you have your own custom mask and you can you get to paint it and put right. whatever you want on it. So I, I always thought that was cool. And uh, also my my mom was a a goalie growing up as well, and my uncle was a goalie as well. So kind of uh, thought it'd be pretty cool to kind of follow their footsteps a little bit. So what is uh, on your custom mask? What do you uh, like to put on there? Uh, I just got some classics, just some team stuff. Um, one side's full of mountains for, for BC and Prince George where I play, obviously. And then the other side kind of represents the prairies, where I'm from, from Winnipeg. So, uh, And then on the back, I got a little tribute to Gord Downey. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Tragically Hip fan, so okay. put put him on there. And I, I kind of like his journey as well with, you know, obviously diagnosed with terminal cancer and brain tumor and stuff like that, but he's still out there performing for everybody, making everyone happy. So I really, I really like his story there. Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, take me back to the Bantam draft. Uh, you were chosen uh, 21st overall, so right at the end of the first round in, in 2018. Uh, I don't know what your expectations were going into the draft that year. Uh, I know when I chat with players, a lot of guys were at school and following along what happens, or they were allowed to stay home. Some guys were telling me they were in Philadelphia at a tournament. Uh, what was your draft day experience like? Yeah, I was in school. I was actually in a career development class, which is pretty <laughs> interesting. And my uh, my teacher was talking to the class, and they, he said, yeah, there's drafts going on for Tyler, and I think it's obviously this is a career development class, and this is a huge step in his career developing. So he played it for the whole class. Everyone got the class off and just watched the draft. So it was pretty cool, and it, and it was pretty pretty awesome that he was able to do that for me well, that is pretty nice it, just ironic that it's career development day and you get drafted and you're wanting yeah. to wanting to be a professional hockey player now being the uh i think you were the first goaltender taken that year if uh if i remember correctly and you don't have to wait that long so it didn't take up the entire class though uh no i think uh i think we maybe had like five or ten minutes left in the uh, class or something like that so be able to talk to my classmates and talk about what it all means because some people weren't exactly sure what was going on yeah all right well uh, you get up to uh prince george as uh you know a, a first round pick like that there's i imagine there's some pressure that goes along with that that you know the organization used the high pick on you so they're ex- expecting a lot obviously the fans would expect a lot uh i'm sure you put a lot of pressure on yourself though too to to deliver yeah for sure yeah going up first round pick first goalie take and there, there's some pressure and there's the expectation that you're going to be you're going to be good for the team and, and everything like that, and especially with Goche up there, really talented goalie up there. So you kind mm-hmm. of got to come up and do what he's done and more. So um, I think yeah, there was definitely some pressure, but I would say I'm pretty good at handling pressure, so I didn't let any of that stuff get to me at all. So. Well, and this is a year where there might be some pressure as well, being it's your NHL draft season. Uh, how much time do you spend thinking about the draft? A lot of guys will tell me they try not to think about it at all because it could be a you know a negative distraction, but there are players who tell me that they actively look to see who's got them ranked where and they use that as motivation. What about for you, Tyler? Yeah, I, like, like a lot of guys, I don't uh, try and think about it too much because I think it could take your mind in the wrong in the wrong direction if you if you think about it a little too much but obviously it, it is a little bit of a confidence boost when you're scrolling through twitter or something like that and you, and you see something about yourself so mm. i think uh, i don't i don't go looking for it but if i stumble across it i i'll take a look and, and just see what what's going on in the world 
uh, with everybody draft, I would go not just myself. So I think uh, I don't try and think about it a whole lot. Just try and play, help the team win, and go from there. Does it matter to you where or how early you're selected in the draft? I mean, you, I don't think there's any question that you are going to be drafted. You're one of the highest ranked uh, goaltenders in the class of 2022. So that's not a concern necessarily, but you know, does it matter if you're a first or a fourth round pick? Does it change anything? No, I don't think it matters when I get drafted for me. It's, it's who decides to take me and and they believe that I can help them in the future. And obviously I'll be very grateful for whoever does take the chance on me. And so it doesn't really matter when I go, it's where I go. All right, that's fair. Uh, you're six foot four and uh, 190 pounds. One sheet that I'm looking at that might be out of date, though. What are you at right now? Yeah, I'm about I'm about there. Okay. Uh, have you stopped growing? Do you think? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think uh, I'd be happy sticking at the height I am now, but maybe maybe I might grow another half inch or something like that. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, if I stick right at six four, that That'd be all right with me. Have you always been like one of the bigger kids in your class growing up, or did you have a, a late growth spurt or, or something a couple of years ago? Uh, no, I was always the, the tallest kid. I was always known as the tall guy in school growing up. and um, I grew steadily my whole life, which is which is a good thing, especially being a goalie. You don't have any knee or hip problems or anything like that. So, ah. um, just steadily grew my whole entire life, um, whatever, half an inch, quarter of an inch a year. I think I was like five nine in grade six or something like that. So, all right. Well, Tyler, if if I was if you were a defenseman, I could ask if you're you know a stay at home guy or an offensive defenseman. If you're a forward, are you a power forward or a shooter or a playmaker? It's different with goaltenders because these days all goaltenders are butterfly goalies. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you describe yourself as a goaltender? Like, what are your strengths? Well, obviously, we we just talked about I'm a pretty big guy. Um, but I'm still able to move around. Some some big tall guys can't move crazy well as compared to say a guy who's five ten mm-hmm. who's got crazy speed and can move around the net like crazy. So I think uh, a big strength is my size along with my ability to move and my positioning's a big one too. I'm a big guy, so I just get in the right position, get in the way of the puck. Now being a Winnipeg guy, were the Jets your team growing up? Actually, well. They weren't in Winnipeg for a good whatever it was whenever yeah. they came back. So um, I actually was a Coyotes fan growing up. Uh, okay. We had a house down in Phoenix, so went to a couple Coyotes games growing up and then kind of stuck from there. But yeah, I, I cheer for both now. I, I like obviously hometown. You like you like your hometown team always. So well, Coyotes works in a way too, right? Former Jets. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's kind of a, a weird thing because. Um, my dad was a hardcore Winnipeg Jets fan back when it was the old Jets and then they left to Phoenix so he had a little bit of a love-hate relationship with the team <laughs> and then I started liking them so I don't know how I felt about that one. Yeah uh, and what about goaltenders that you look up to are there maybe it's not necessarily because they're they play the same way you do or something like that but are there goalies that, that you like to follow and at the NHL level? Yeah I've uh, obviously when Mike Smith was back with the Coyotes um, I followed him a lot and then um, just been kind of following him his whole career and however long I've been watching hockey. So, And, uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten in touch with him a few times. And Interesting. Obviously, 
he's a really good guy and he's kind of been taking me under his wing a little bit and mentoring me a little bit. So that's always awesome. Pretty cool for him to do for me. And I appreciate that from him. Wow. Nice. Uh, he loves to play the puck. Are you a puck handler too? Yeah. I've been working on my puck handles a lot lately and he's talked to me about it a little bit as well. Just kind of some tips on what to do, what not to do. And I've been trying to uh, play the puck a lot more lately. Terrific. Well, Tyler, listen, I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. Uh, best of luck to you and the Cougars the rest of the way this year, and knock on wood that uh, things get back to normal here uh, sooner as opposed to later. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Tyler Brennan from the Prince George Cougars, the big netminder, six foot four goaltender, classic. Uh, you know what all the NHL teams are looking for these days is that size, and uh, he has that. And right now, he might be the highest-ranked uh, goaltender for the 2022 NHL draft. You look at elite prospects on their draft page, and uh, he is, according to that page at least, uh, the one guy who is consensus uh, to be right at the top when it comes to the list of goaltenders. Well, we had Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers on the show from the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Then we had a WHLer in Tyler Brennan. And uh, next up, we're headed... To the U.S. National Development Program, another draft-eligible player. This time, it is defenseman Ryan Chesley from Team USA. He's next, here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Matias Samuelson left point. Gruden around on the right side. 1-0 U18. Stoss, he walks the line, took the shot, right on goal. They score! Fairby put in the rebound. And Farabee gives his grandmother a birthday present. It's 2 nothing. Hey, it's Bill Farabee from Team USA, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. He is a midnight mover. He can go on in the The Troubled Monk Brew of the Week. Hey, this one's great on ice. Why is that, bud? Troubled Monk, Troubled Tea. This surprising beverage is low in sugar, zero carbonation, and has an unmistakable real tea taste. Alberta's first and only hard iced tea. Player comparable, Jack Eichel. Silky smooth and super skilled, but a little softer and enjoyed by all. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at troubledmonk.com. Troubled Monk, craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Who is this genius? Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show. We've got one final segment to get to this week. It's going to be another 2022 draft spotlight. We'll get to know another player that's eligible for the upcoming draft. But a reminder that the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. W-I-L-H-A-U-K. Beefjerky.com. It's the best beef jerky you've ever had available everywhere in Western Canada. But you got to get it from their website at wilhockbeefjerky.com. My guest today is uh, not in Western Canada. In fact, he's, uh, I, th- I would guess right now you're in uh, the Michigan area. As uh, we uh, welcome to the program, Ryan Chesley from Team USA. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm doing terrific. Uh, I appreciate you making the time like this. Uh, I, I'm guessing right now you're in, uh, I was going to say Ann Arbor, but that's uh, where USA used to be located, but it's uh, Plymouth, Michigan. Uh, these days. I'm sure you're around the rink right now. 
Yep, we're in uh, we're in Plymouth right now. I'm actually just at home. Okay, very good. I know you got a game this weekend, but it's uh, it's a home game, isn't it? When uh, Green Bay comes to town. Yeah, we play Friday at home against Green Bay. All right. Well, tell me about this season so far for for you and the team. I know casual fans will look at the USHL standings and see that you, that Team USA is in last place, but you on the U18 squad, I think you've only played played ten of the games this year in the USHL, so that's not really fair to lump you in that with that. So with uh, you know all your Division One opponents and the international uh, competition you've been playing, how have you felt about the way you and your your uh, teammates have played this year? Yeah, I think uh, I think our team has started the season really well. We've uh, we've done really well against the college opponents. We haven't played too many USHL games, but we've done good when we've played them. And then we had uh, our one international tournament in Switzerland, and we uh, we did good there. We ended up winning the tournament. So yeah. it's been a really good start for the team. Yeah, it's fantastic. I know you're supposed to be heading over to Finland here right away, and that's been postponed because of COVID situations over there. Uh, so hopefully that gets uh, rescheduled for the near future. But you know, when you've played last year, you played a lot of USHL games when you're on the U17 squad. What's your preference? You have the USHL competition, your Division One competition, and then representing your country on the international stage. Is one of those three more meaningful or more exciting for you? Uh, I, I love them all, obviously, but uh, I think international has got to be just a little bit, a little bit higher in the ranks, just because. Um, playing against all those other countries and just uh it adds a whole another level of excitement and everything i just think that's uh that's probably the best is division one the hardest though because the older competition yeah i would say that's the hardest for sure well so and you guys have had success doing that this year didn't you just knock off uh north dakota or something recently yeah we did we uh we beat north dakota 2-0 we've uh we've been doing well against uh division one opponents this year yep so why do you think you're having success against what we just described as the older harder more difficult games to play i just think that our team is uh we got a whole mix of everything we're really skilled really fast but we also uh we play really hard mm-hmm. we're big we're physical and we kind of bring everything to the table so i think we match up well against really any opponent yeah i see you shut out wisconsin for a zip you beat bu four three uh have you had a chance to play against uh the uh, the program where you're eventually going to end up uh, against the golden gophers have you played them yet uh yeah we did and we ended up losing that one five three but uh but we played good um yeah we just couldn't pull up the victory in that one but it was cool playing uh playing my future team I was gonna ask I mean that's got to be one that you had circled on the calendar you want to you know show them uh have a good showing against them get uh, Coach Motzko on side with you and all that stuff oh for sure yeah that one was circled on my uh on my calendar all yeah. year and yeah it was just a really fun game uh good to see the coaches and everything. And, uh, yeah, they're having a good year, so it was good. Ryan, tell me about uh, the way you felt just personally the way you've played as an individual this year. Last year, 34 points in 37 games on the U17 team. That ratio of offense hasn't carried over to this year. you got seven points in 31 games. I don't know if your role has changed or anything. Why is the offense not as proficient for you this year? Yeah, I think that I'm I'm still playing at a, a really high level. I just think that my role has changed a little bit. Coaches have challenged me to become the best defender ah. in the world, so I've kind of focused mainly on defense and kind of letting the other stuff happen. And uh, also, I feel like I'm I'm uh, still generating um, offensively. I just haven't put up a ton of points, but I'm still creating chances, creating uh, 
creating opportunities. And yeah, I think I've been playing good. All right. Well, it's important, obviously, as a defenseman to be able to play defense. So uh, I can understand yeah, exactly. that. Yep. Setting the bar high there where they say they want you to be the best defender in the world. Yeah, it is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they have high expectations for me. And uh, that's what I like. I like to be held to a high standard. In this part of the show, Ryan, what we like to do is let my audience get to know somebody who's draft eligible like you are. Uh, and there'll be some casual NHL fans who listen to an interview like this and they, they don't watch junior hockey at all, uh, whereas this is a junior and college hockey show. So the bulk of my audience is going to be interested, but there'll be NHL fans as the draft gets closer. They're going to research and, uh, well, here's an interview with Ryan Chesley. Let's find out about him. So for fans like that, let's start at the beginning and ask some general questions. Okay. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I'm from uh, Montemidi, Minnesota. Really small town, but uh, yeah, it's a really nice place. I've never heard of that before. Uh, Where in Minnesota is it? What would be the big market closest to it? Yeah, most people haven't heard of it. It's uh, it's an east suburb of St. Paul, so it's about 15, 20 minutes from St. Paul. Who got you into hockey, and how old were you when you first started playing? My dad got me into it, and uh, I was seven years old when I started playing. It's the state of Minnesota, so everybody, all the guys play, uh, and all the girls are playing now these days too, but no surprise that uh, hockey was on your radar fairly early. Have you always been a defenseman, right? I have, yeah. I've always been a defenseman ever since uh, Ever since I started. My dad just thought that'd be best for me, and uh, yeah, it's worked out. I know at a young age, a lot of players, maybe on their novice team or something like that, uh, they don't have a full-time goaltender, so everybody has to rotate through and, and take their turn yeah, putting the pads yeah. on. Did you have a game like that? No, I I don't recall that I've ever played goalie. I don't think I have, no. Oh, wow. Never interested you, eh? No. Well, I don't know. I just I just don't think that'd be for me, no. Uh, why uh, the blue line is the, the right fit for you? It's, uh, some guys would bounce around and, and try forward or anything, but why always a defenseman? Yeah, I think it just suits uh, kind of the way I play really well. I like to play, uh, I like to play fast. I like to be a lot of physicality in my game. So I think uh, just being a defenseman, um, I have the ability to to hit guys a lot and uh, just make plays, have, having the eyes all over the ice. I, I love that. So, yeah. Being able, uh, some guys have described it as when you're a defenseman, the game is in front of you. So you're able to watch it all like that. Is that some, yeah, is there something exactly. to that? Yeah, I just like being able to kind of see everything um, and being able to control everything too, have the puck and everything's in front of you. I just, I like that feeling. Um, when did the uh, the program come onto your radar? I don't know if, uh, you know, when you're 10 years old, if you're thinking that far ahead and saying, I want to play for the national program. Uh, was that, I'm guessing maybe somewhere around your time at Shattuck? Yeah, it was probably eighth or ninth grade when I was at Shattuck. It uh, kind of came on my radar, and I uh, I just really noticed that was something that I wanted to do in the future, and uh, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity. How have you evolved as a player? Think back to when you first arrived, your, maybe your last year at Shattuck, and compare yourself to where you are now. What's changed in your game? Yeah, I think uh, I think everything's really evolved a lot. Um, I think my skating has gotten a lot better. Offensively, I've grown. And mostly I'd say it's my defensive game. I really learned how to be a, kind of a shutdown defender and just uh, play, play really big, physical, and uh, yeah, use my size to my advantage. Is there almost like a mental flip of the switch you have to make when you're when you're a guy that's used to playing that that offensive game and yet now you want to focus more on your defensive side? Is it a mental you know change uh, something you have to accept mentally just to all right so I'm not going to end this season with 50 points and that's okay is is that a challenge for you? Um, it wasn't really a challenge I would say. 
Um, just like, I think you just got to accept it and kind of look at what would be best for you and your development. And I think that was the right choice. Fair enough. Uh, being a Minnesota guy, were the, uh, the wild, your team growing up or, or were you cheering for somebody else? Yeah, the wild were, uh, they were definitely my favorite team growing up. I would go to a lot of games with, uh, with my dad and mom. So that was really cool. Nice. Uh, anyone in particular, uh, in the organization when you were a kid or something that you looked up to, or even now? Um, I loved Koivu. He was uh, a great leader, and I loved his shootout moves. He was really good at the shootout, so yeah, it was cool. Let's talk about the draft, uh, Ryan. Uh, I don't know how much uh, it's talked about around the dressing room. I mean, most of your teammates are going to get drafted this year, uh, as is usually the case with the program. But is uh, is the NHL draft something that's on your mind much, or do you are you one of those guys who tries not to think about it uh, because it could be a distraction? I have other guys who tell me that they actively seek out to see where they're ranked and things like that, and they use that as a motivator. Uh, what about for you? Uh, honestly, I just kind of try to tune it out. I don't really pay much attention to rankings or anything. I just, uh, I'm trying to focus on the season right now. And then uh, after the season, we'll focus on the draft. Interesting. So uh, today central scouting puts out a ranking. You, you have no interest in knowing? No, I mean, I, I've seen them. It was, uh, yeah, it was going around our locker room. I saw it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not really paying attention too much to it. So some of the guys look at it and share it with everybody else, but you're one of the guys who doesn't uh, necessarily go out of the way to see it. Yeah, exactly. All right. When I've chatted with other players, you know, I always ask them, especially the guys who are ranked really high, like you are. I mean, most people have you as a first round pick. So the question of whether or not you're going to get drafted isn't really an issue for you. You're going to be drafted. Does it matter where in, you know, in what round you're taken? If you're a first rounder or a fourth rounder, does it change anything for you? No, I really don't think it changes anything. Um, I just think it uh, it shouldn't matter where you get drafted, what round, how late. Um, it's going to have the same effect on you, and uh, it just matters what you do after that and how you uh, how you develop and how you grow your game. You've had the chance to play in some showcase events along the way here, uh, and some players haven't had that opportunity because of COVID and some tournaments and stuff being canceled. But uh, you did get it into the U18 last year uh, down in Texas, right? Yeah, I did. What was that like for you? I mean, as an underage guy to to play in that event. Yeah, it was a really cool experience to be uh to be up with the uh, older age group and uh playing in that cool of a tournament. It was it was awesome. It was an unreal experience. At any point did you look around and say, "Man, I'm over my head here?" Or did you feel like really comfortable? Did you fit right in? I I felt pretty comfortable. I think I fit in well and uh yeah, no. I think it was just uh a really fun experience and I took the most of every opportunity. I know uh, Lane Hudson was on that team as well, so some at least one familiar face. I'm sure there were a couple other guys uh, who are playing with you right now that were in that tournament as well. Who's your defensive partner been this year for the most part, or does that change often? Yeah, for the most part, it has been Lane Hudson. It it, uh, it hasn't changed much. We, we occasionally switched around, but uh, most of the time it's been Lane Hudson. Uh, and obviously a, a pairing that's working then. Why do you guys think, uh, or why do you think you have chemistry with, with Lane? And you look statistically, he seems to be that offensive guy, and you're more of the stay-at-home guy this year. So is that the key to success? Uh, yeah, I think that we just we pair really well together. Like you said, he's really good offensively, and I'm uh, I pride myself as being um, like the shutdown guy. So I think we complement each other really well, and uh, we just have so much chemistry from playing together. I think we know where we're going to be on the ice, and we just know what we're going to do. So I think it's just been really good. The sheet I'm looking at says six foot and 194 uh, pounds. I don't know how up to date that is. What are you at right now? 
Yeah, I, I think I'm around six foot one, 195 pounds. All right, so still growing a little bit there. Uh, are, and you, you talked about your when you were describing yourself as a player, uh, that physical edge to your game. The guy who likes to play the body, or when you're talking about physical, is it you know battling in front of the nets, or do you like to put guys through the boards if you can? Yeah, I do like to put guys through the boards, but uh, only if the opportunity is there. I don't really go out of my way to to look for it, but if it's there, I'll for sure do it. Uh, how big of a challenge is that for a guy who likes to play physical not to go cross the line and take penalties and put your team down a man? You got 25 penalty minutes this year, or excuse me, 41 penalty minutes for the entire season. Uh, that seems like it's it's. I wouldn't say that's too many or anything like that. So is that a delicate balance that you have to make, uh, where you don't want to cost your team, uh, but you still got to play that physical game? It definitely is a a delicate balance there. Yeah, coaches have uh, they've told me it was early last year. Told me not to go out of my way and look for it or anything. And this year, most of my penalties have honestly me me just hitting guys. And uh, here's what coaches say: they say I'm. I get penalties for hitting them too hard. So they don't really think they're penalties. They think I'm doing it just fine. So, yeah. Two minutes for being stronger than the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, before I let you go, I got to ask you about the, the Golden Gophers and why that was the right program for you. When you're looking, I'm guessing you're going next year? Yeah, I'm going next year. And uh, I think it's the right place for me. Um, I love the campus. I love the school. The coaches are awesome there, Bob Motzko. He's unbelievable, and uh, I just think it's the right fit for me. A lot of former uh, NTDP guys who are there now. I'm thinking of Faber and uh, Chaz Lucius, and and uh, no Matthew Nyes didn't play there last year, but um, there's a lot of familiar faces there as well, right? Yeah, there are for sure. Uh, listen, Ryan, I really appreciate your time today. This has been fun. Uh, I wish you the best of luck the rest of the way. Hopefully, you get that tournament in, in uh, Finland uh, sooner as opposed to later, and uh, maybe as a Gopher, we'll get the chance to chat again. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. That was Ryan Chesley from Team USA playing on the U18 squad down in uh, Plymouth, Michigan. And uh, listen, the offensive numbers aren't there for him this season, but as he described it, he's a better player for it. Concentrating on becoming a better defenseman and uh, having success. Central Scouting's uh, ranking just came out. They have him uh, 22nd in North America. Quite possibly a first-round pick. He's going to go play for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, a program highly regarded. What's not to like about the complete package there in Ryan Chesley? He is my final guest. Uh, thanks to the other three that you heard earlier in the show. We we uh, talked to regular Renz as well as Tyler Brennan. All three of my guests today, potential first-round picks. Brennan, maybe not. Might be a second round before we see a goaltender taken, but he is the number one ranked goaltender by NHL Central Scouting. Regal Lorenz also uh, ranked in the first round by Central Scouting this week. And we kicked off the show with Willie Palov from uh, Saltwire covering the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Quick thank you to everyone who has been signing up to be a patron at patreon.com slash show. Early access to all the uh, individual interviews that you hear. All these segments. Listen, you might be listening to the entire show right now, this week, uh, but you can pick and choose individual segments, and they're uploaded two, three, uh, sometimes four days before the full show's release, which usually comes out on Fridays or Saturdays. Some of these interviews I've done, you know, Tuesday this week. So uh, patrons have been able to have access to, you know, uh, the conversation with uh, regular Ren since Tuesday. 
you might be hearing this on a Friday or Saturday and thinking, man, I would like to have early access. How do I do that? Patreon.com slash the pipeline show. Tell them my credit card, couple of bucks a month is uh, is all it costs, and even less if you sign up to, uh, for an annual membership. And if you think the show has value to you and uh, you want to keep it going, that's uh, one way that you can uh, help ensure that, as uh, patrons definitely playing a massive role in the fact that the Pipeline show is well into Season 17 now. Got up to Season 12 on TSN 1260 Radio here in Edmonton, and uh, since then it's been 100% podcast, largely because of the support for from listeners like you next week on the program planning to do more on the 2022 nhl draft we'll have uh, the ohl and the whl trade deadline will have come and gone we did the queue already this week will much change in the whl or the ohl we'll find out and we'll uh, check in on that next week always keeping tabs on what happens in the ushl the nahl a junior a in and across canada as well as uh, college hockey. You've come to expect that from the Pipeline Show, and uh, continuing to do that is my pleasure. But that does it for this week's show. Between now and next week, I hope you get out there and you are able to watch safely, able to watch some junior and or college hockey, so that you and I can talk about it next week here on the Pipeline Show, which is brought to you, of course, by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name is Key Flaming. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya. See ya.